0: You're listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Ari Mejia, community and audio storytelling producer here at Vocalo. And in addition to producing Shy Sounds Like and other stories you hear, I also teach Vocalo's free eight-week-long audio storytelling workshop that we offer to you, our listeners, here because at Vocalo, we want to represent you on our airwaves, your music, your stories, your Chicago, and so we invite you to apply. With zero prior experience necessary whatsoever, you'll learn from start to finish how to interview, record, produce, and mix your very own radio story that we will then share on our airwaves with the Vocalo world. Brandon Chong was born in Chicago and existed through the 90s enjoying the illegal fireworks in Legion Park, Disney on Ice over at the United Center, and plagiarizing fairy tales to retell them with Korean names. This is the story of Ina and what they've done with learning the truth. Here is Brandon's story. Music through work and play.
1: There are lies that adults tell their kids because it's easier than the truth. Their lies spit out so reactively because they were also lied to growing up. No, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. Yes, mom and dad love each other very much. No, I'm never gonna drink like that again. They can live with lies if it means less rage, less dread, and fewer tears. Adults don't want to deal with consequences because they gamble with the possibility that it won't bite them in the future. But the truth does bite hard when it appears. An adult in my life gambled a lie, and in that lie, I existed. I believed a woman gave up motherhood for her freedom. I grew up hating her and praising him, a single father. Decades later, though, I uncovered the truth and manifested shame and self-pity. What about others when they uncover the truth? Do they turn their manifestations into something more euphoric, joyous, or positive? I met Ina once at Chuseok, a Korean holiday, and we connected over being queer Koreans. Ina is also a transracial adoptee. This means they're born in Korea, but raised in Minnesota by white parents. They're wearing a blue striped button shirt with a baseball cap worn backward, a style my own father used to wear in his old photographs when he was younger. Ina is also wearing the same stylish round glasses too. The difference is that Ina speaks coolly and gently. They're in grad school in Chicago and already have a wise professor demeanor. For example, when I entered the building for the interview, they climbed up to take down the wall clock to remove the battery. They knew the ticking sound would be too distracting.
2: Well so actually I think as a kid I didn't feel a lot of frustration towards my adoption or South Korea or the US because I really just didn't know a lot, just a fact of my life and that this is the way things are. I was also fed a narrative that my biological family wanted better for me and I kinda just took that as face value as a kid, I think I interpreted a lot of things pretty literally as a child. So it wasn't until I got to college where I started learning more about what adoption is that I started to feel something more than just, this is
1: the way that it is. Korean adoptions were at their peak in the 1980s. No longer the scene of mass orphaned children at the cost of the Korean War, adoption became a profitable industry. An industry that changed children's names, falsified the existence or absence of parents, drafted new birth dates, and altered origin stories. The lies that adults tell on one end of the world ripple across oceans, mountains, and time. It echoes in more than 200,000 Korean adoptees worldwide.
2: I kind of went head over heels with things related to Korea and started taking language classes and started kind of learning a little bit about adoption history and the adoption process by virtue of initiating my own birth family search. When I realized that it wasn't as simple as I was taught growing up. That opened a lot of questions for me that also spurred this more like politically charged interest in understanding why things are the way that they are and how the Korean war and how U.S. imperialism actually kind of has an influence on who I am and the fact that I'm here and also the way that people perceive me sometimes.
1: Ina plays pungmul. It's Korean folk music that includes drumming, chanting, and dancing. Rooted in agricultural communities, these gatherings were part of expressing solidarity for communal labor and harvest. It transformed and manifested into signals for protests and voices in the pro-democracy movement of the 1980s. This is the music for all Koreans, a language that can transcend barriers to extend grief, rage and unity.
2: We are 일과 We have existed now for a full year. and. Uh, the name itself literally translates to work and play in kind of the Native Korean words. And so that is built into the whole mission of the group is to play the music, enjoy ourselves, play around um, right This is something we come to after a long work day. but then also there is work to it.
1: Ilguanoori practices every week at the Hana Center. It's a simple and effective name because Hana means one in Korean. Generations of Koreans and other immigrants gather here for resources and to craft new art. Sometimes it's a place to organize and together unify hundreds of voices. Structurally though, the Hana Center is a forgettable white blocky building across the street from Corner Park on the northwest side.
2: When you walk into the main entrance, there's just all of these... Beautiful plants that all of the staff have been maintaining for as long as I've been there. And when we do Pungmul, we head all the way up to the second floor, go into our the auditorium that exists on that second floor. It's really great that we can all just kind of be at the same eye level, <laughs> essentially. So I think that's something else that's really great about Pungmul is it's not like you come and sit down like you would for an orchestra practice. We typically sit in a circle.
1: Ina is leading the rehearsal. They tell Ilguanori Nori to start and tell them which movements to do.
2: There's a couple aspects of Pumul that are really great in the sense of community building there tends to be rhythms that become very familiar to people and they repeat across different songs essentially. And so anyone can get involved. We can hand anyone one of the drums and they intuitively wear that main beat of the song is. and. And even in the way that I I try to teach today is I try to continue that spirit and not just let the fact that, you know, I've played the instrument more than the other people in the room doesn't mean that like I have any authority over the way that the song goes. The way that the song goes is how the the group decides to play it and interpret it. This section of this piece we don't have a separate yum separate. (laughs) We used to go to a Korean benefit dinner, thing hosted by US side adoption agency, where it would be, I think the fundraiser, but then you would, you know, a night market, kind of in souvenirs and books and garments, dinner, taekwondo, dancing styles too. I felt like a spectator to Korea. I knew that it was something that I could be connected to, but I also just felt like I didn't know anything about it at that time, especially as a kid. Talk about being trans or what to do in that, like, transracial adoptee between the US and Korea. I think there's often times where. I feel isolated because I'll either be the only Asian in the room, or or the only adoptee, and so <laughs> I feel like I've been accruing all of these like labels. If I think about it too hard, is absolutely isolating. What I try to do to overcome that, though, is kind of differentiate like who I know I am and like what I'm capable of doing, which is you know like. Reclaiming the music tradition, reclaiming the language, expressing myself through what I wear.
1: Ina and I are both moving forward with every stroke of truth and lie. Like Pungmul, our lives play without a conductor in front and center. These performances have everything coming at them all at once, some with expertise in fine-tuned history and others brand new and confusing. Now I wonder, what will I do? Will I play life together with those that hear the same music as Ina has? This piece was produced by me, Brandon Chong, for the Spring 2023 Vocalo Storytelling Workshop. Music featured from Blue Dot Sessions. Many thanks to Ina, Ilguanori from the Hana Center, Samcha, Chicago, Matthew, and my workshop mentors, Ari and Ariana. You can find this and other stories at Vocalo.org.